Welcome back to the Meddling Kids Podcast, your groovy review of Scooby-Doo. I'm Julie Kin, your host, and today we are talking about a totally bonkers, amazing episode, The Creepy Case of Old Iron Face. So, the kids are water skiing. Specifically, Shaggy's on the skis with the rest of the kids in a motorboat, but they're on choppy water, and this is bad news. Scooby flips out of the motorboat and lands on Shaggy, then grabs Shaggy's shirt and hangs on as it flips over his head. Neither of them can control where they're going. Eventually, they kind of regain some control and do amazing tricks. By the way, it's hard to concentrate because both Velma and Daphne are in bikinis, and the effect is spectacular. All of a sudden, a school of man-eating sharks shows up, and a dude is riding on the back of two of them. He has a creepy metal mask, pirate-style clothes, and amazing balance. Oh, and a whip. So basically, I think he's supposed to be like the man in the iron mask, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Leonardo DiCaprio in this one. Fred hangs a U-turn to get away, but Shaggy let go of the ski thingamajig that you hold onto with your hands and narrowly avoids getting chomped by a shark. They're now under attack. I think this is the fastest we've ever seen action come up in an ep. Shaggy and Scooby paddle to the beach and get stuck in the sand, but at least there's no sharks there. The kids regroup at Mama Mione's, a diner or perhaps bistro? We're still not sure where they are. This is season three of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And so every episode is supposed to be in a foreign country or exotic locale. So if this really is a take on the man in the iron mask, this should be France. Velma's excited for their tour guide to come back. It's Captain Morgan, and he's going to help them be some of the first visitors to Skull Island, where only prisoners used to be housed. Okay, so there's this abandoned island, and based on what we know about Scooby-Doo, where are you? There's either a smuggling operation going on there, or a vein of precious substance like gold or oil. I'm betting on the smuggling, except that in the last ep, a Highland fling with a monstrous thing was also about smuggling. So maybe this one's just about an old-fashioned serial murderer who rides on sharks and has a rusty face. We'll find out. Shaggy and Scooby are enjoying clam chowder at the bistro, and Scooby's clam chowder appears to be sneezing every time he adds pepper. Eventually, one of his clams blows pepper into Scooby's face and makes him sneeze. Scooby's sneeze is so strong that it blows him back into a wall full of pictures. One falls down, and the kids see a gorgeous redhead champion water skier. A large and older woman says deeply, That was me, Mama Mione. And by the way, not a French accent. I'm thinking this episode is an allegory about aging and faded beauty. Or maybe I'm just in an old mood today. Are you ready to order the rest of your dinner? Shaggy and Scooby are thrilled. Shaggy tries to order eight hamburgers. When does he become a vegetarian? I know some point in this series or the next one he's veg, but so far we've seen a lot of meat eating. But the conversation goes awry when the kids mention they are going to Skull Island with Captain Morgan. Mama Mionis horrified that they would go there, since everyone knows it's haunted by Old Iron Face, a captive who was prisoner there a hundred years ago. So that would have been the 1870s. He was so mean that they had a mask welded on him. The kids realize this may just be the same shark-riding dude with the metal mask they saw earlier. Mama Mion is shocked that they got away alive if they actually saw him. Back to the most important aspect of this episode, the kids decide to order dinner again. Shaggy wants eight hamburgers, 
two licorice pizzas, a pint of tutti frutti ice cream, six tacos, and then we fade out. Afterwards, Shaggy complains she forgot the hot sauce for his ice cream, but the group enjoyed the rest of their repast. They're standing outside the bistro chatting when a van narrowly misses hitting them. The van is now unloading a lot of big boxes into the cafe. Meanwhile, the kids are worried about Captain Morgan, who is supposed to join them, so they decide to go looking for him on Skull Island, but they're having trouble finding a boat. They eventually find a small vessel, but an old dude named Captain Flint was eavesdropping, and he indicates he refuses to rent it to landlubbers, and he warns them to stay away from Skull Island. Okay, is he actually a young hot police officer in an old man mask? Eventually, they find a glass-bottomed motorboat, which sounds awesome, except it's nighttime, so not much to see. Also, a shadowy figure is lurking, watching their progress from the shore. Okay, so far, I love this episode because there are so many good characters. Sometimes in Scooby-Doo apps, especially these early ones, there's only one other human, so you kind of know who the bad guy is right away. But so far, we have Captain Morgan, who we haven't met yet. Is he a Navy 06 officer who also leads tours in his spare time? Why is he late? Every Navy officer knows that five minutes early is on time, on time is late, and late is unacceptable. Next, we have Mama Mion, who is an expert water skier. Could that translate into skiing on sharks? But how could she have returned to the cafe so quickly? And then we've got Captain Flint. I spelled that mentally with an apostrophe instead of a T. Captain Flint who has no compunction about eavesdropping, has a nice peacoat, carries a spear with a sharp end, and was stingy with his boat. Uncool, dude. Perhaps there really is a ghost. That could be our fourth suspect, who for some reason rides on sharks and continues to wear his mask in the afterlife. I don't know. Okay, let's take a quick commercial break to chew on the possibilities, and we'll be right back. Hey everyone, my name is Jim Hankey and I'm the host of Vinyl Emergency, a podcast where musicians, producers, comedians, and those who dream up, press, release, or collect vinyl records discuss their relationship with the medium today as well as in their formative youth. Artwork that has stood the test of time, neighborhood record stores we remember, the first albums we ever bought, vinyl's warmth and sound, the tangible object of a vinyl record can bring forth so many intangible memories, and that's what we try to capture on the show. Guests have included Roseanne Cash, Ben Montench of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Brian Stack from Conan and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Ted Leo, Lily Hyatt, and Dave Porter of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. We've been known to do an episode or two in front of a live audience as well, and we also talk to everyday record collectors about what drives their passion. We even have episodes dedicated to the processes of mastering for vinyl, properly cleaning your records, the feeling of standing in line for hours on record store day, and much more. Tune into Vinyl Emergency however you get your podcasts. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vinyl Emergency, or stop by our website, VinylEmergency.com. The kids arrive at Skull Island, which looks awesome. It is a huge skull with a man-made structure on top. The skull must be at least 10 stories tall. We find out later that the structure on top is the actual prison. How hardcore is that? Velma turns on the light on the boat they're in, and so the kids can see cool stuff through the glass, like seahorses, a catfish, and a dogfish that has a Scooby head and gurgles, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. 
cute pics on social media as always. But then the kids noticed Captain Morgan's sunken boat, which has damage that appears to be a torpedo hole based on Velma's vast expertise. After the kids land on shore, Shaggy and Scooby check out the prison, and the others look around the island. This took a bribe of three Scooby snacks, but a pelican ate the snacks before Shaggy and Scooby could. However, we know that in the Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Snack trade economy, the deal is for the snacks as delivered, not received. So the beloved scaredy cats go to check out the prison anyway, even though they didn't get their snack yet. Meanwhile, we see Captain Flint show up. Oh, I'm sorry. Meanwhile, we see Cap'n Flint show up, and he gets out of a boat with a severe spear. Again, it's just like a big wooden stick with some metal sharp stuff on the end. Shaggy and Scooby go into the abandoned prison yard. Anybody here? Shaggy whispers. No, the yard whispers back. Plus, there's a big shadow watching them. A door slams shut behind them, and we see a well crank up mysteriously without a human to crank it. And Shaggy and Scooby are relieved that it's only a frog who somehow made the bucket raise on its own. But then the frog points behind them, and they see the shark dude! He's sharkless, but still super creepy. Again, dressed like a pirate with an iron mask. Shaggy gets chased into the well, but Sharky pulls up... Oh, that's going to be confusing. Sharky, Shaggy, and Scooby. We'll see if I can do it. But Sharky pulls up the bucket with Shaggy inside. Shaggy jumps out of the bucket and is temporarily stuck on Sharky's face. Shaggy and Scooby run through the prison through a series of doors and cells. This place would be so fun to investigate. I could totally see the tourist potential. They lock themselves in a cell and say, Well, that ought to keep old Metal Puss out of here. Incidentally, Metal Puss is also the name of my new band. Metal Puss breaks through all the doors, and we hear a yikes as the scene switches to Fred, Velma, and Daphne. Now, these big kids are on the dock looking at a construction crane. The grease on this electromagnetic crane is fresh. Fred starts playing with the gears and buttons and determines there's enough energy to do a lot of damage. They continue searching for Captain Morgan. Meanwhile, there's a chase scene in the prison among Sharky slash Metal Puss, Scooby, and Shaggy. Until Shaggy and Scooby dress up like police officers and trick Sharky into thinking he's back in the slammer. Hold it there, prisoner! Scooby is adorable in his police hat, picks online. They lead Sharky through calisthenics and escape while he growls. Why doesn't he speak English? Or at least French? Meanwhile, the kids find metal cargo containers with the same insignia they saw going into Mama Mionis, a triangle with an eye inside. So now I think we're supposed to think the Illuminati is involved too. Fred breaks into a crate to see what's inside, and it's boxes of luxury foods, caviar, dates, and most alluring, in quotes here, fancy fruits. What is fancy fruits? I must find out by the end of this episode what fruit is the fanciest. Is this maybe black market goods from wartime Europe? It's hard to say, but the food looks fresh. Back in the prison, Shaggy and Scooby are hiding in a huge cauldron in the prison kitchen. Scooby knocks a bunch of pots and pans and alerts the bad guy where they are. Daphne, Fred, and Velma, meanwhile, see an alternative passage up the skull with fresh footprints. They follow it. But in the prison yard... Sharky is chasing Shaggy and Scooby again. Shaggy and Scooby hide in a barrel, 
but Sharky goes up to the watchtower to look for them with an electric searchlight. Shouldn't be electric from the 1870s, but we'll let it go. The light hits the barrel, but our clever woofer uses his amazing paws to make shadow puppets of a cat, a duck, and a pig. Unfortunately, this does not fool Sharky, so they run off with the barrel on their head. They appear to have disappeared when Sharky arrives, but they actually escape down a hole in the ground that Sharky seems to be ignoring. Good work, boys. Meanwhile, the other kids have climbed about a thousand steps and open a door to a beautiful banquet hall. It's in pristine condition and certainly has been cared for recently. Velma calls it a super deluxe underground mansion. Sounds pretty great, right? The kids continue to investigate, and they find at least one of the bedrooms was very recently occupied by a messy inhabitant. Clothes are everywhere, so I'm thinking maybe it's my son? And today's newspaper is there too, so maybe it's my husband? Then the kids find a glamorous kitchen big enough for a restaurant, and the pantry is crammed with fresh food. They also hear moaning from inside a ventilation shaft. It's hard to tell if it's happy moaning or distressed moaning, if you know what I mean. But down a hole in the floor, they see Captain Morgan, and he's all tied up. Since he's by himself and his hands are behind his back, I'm guessing it's distressed moaning after all. They try to get info from Captain Morgan after they've rescued him from his hole, but he doesn't know much. He's probably in shock and also suffering from a concussion. Back on land, there's still a chasing in the prison yard. Shaggy and Scooby make stilts out of an old ladder, but Sharky cuts down the stilts with a random axe he is now holding. Shaggy and Scooby fly through the air and then through a laundry chute, but Sharky is on their trail. They go through a door labeled Torpedo Room out of the laundry room, and they find a bunch of torpedoes lined up in the water with fins and paint to make them look like sharks. Or, as they like to say in the show, made up to look like sharks. They hide in one to escape from Sharky, but they accidentally get launched. They shoot through the water and then resurface in the bay or ocean or wherever they are. But alas, Iron Face is water skiing on sharks again and chasing them. The big kids see this from the dock, and so Scooby and Shaggy try weaving around by the other kids and the crane. Fred is thrilled to use the electromagnetic crane, and he uses it to trap the bad guy by his face, which is stuck to the crane. Shaggy and Scooby land safely on shore. It turns out it was actually Mama Mion. She used the sharks to smuggle in and out convicts. Now, we'll return to that. Don't worry, I have some thoughts. She became Iron Face to scare away curious boaters, but the whole scheme became jeopardized by Captain Morgan's plan to make Skull Island a tourist destination. Her high-paying guests panicked and demanded to be taken back to the mainland. Okay, so when we say high-paying guests, they're referring to the convicts and the fancy food they had. There wasn't black market contraband. It was just provisions. So basically, I was completely wrong about this episode in every aspect. I mean, she was one of our suspects, but besides that, the scheme was that convicts so we're talking about like actual current prisoners were taken from their prison not to home and safety but to skull island where they could live in luxury for a while and have really fancy dinner parties and then i suppose returned to prison for a high fee i'm not sure or maybe this was just like their reunification spot before they went back into regular life after getting fake passports and things it's unclear 
So, yep, I was wrong. Except Captain Flint comes over to congratulate the kids, and it turns out he's actually Hargrove, federal agent. He takes off his old man costume, and he is a dreamy law enforcement officer. Okay, not dreamy, maybe more dashing than dreamy. He looks like a young Craig T. Nelson of coach fame, but like back in his poltergeist days. Distinguished, that's the word I'm looking for. The kids are thrilled to have wrapped this one up, and Scooby celebrates by taking a turn on the shark skis. He eventually crashes into the kids' glass-bottomed boat, but they see all is well as he waves from underneath with a gurgly scooby-dooby-doo. Thanks so much to Dave Sedstay for the use of our theme music. Thanks to Tiff for moderating our fun Facebook group. You should join. It's called the Meddling Kids Podcast and Scooby-Doo Discussion Group. Thanks so much, Tiff. You're the best. Thanks to all you for listening, rating us on iTunes, and sharing with other fans of Scooby-Doo, or just people who need a few minutes of silliness in their life. Thanks to my kids and my husband. And just remember, as you are planning your next convict dinner party, you would have gotten away with it if it weren't for us meddling kids. You start. If someone said to you, Mark, what is the Station Wagon Podcast, that show you do with your sister? What, what would you say? Our show's all about mindfulness. That's too vague, specifically. Outcomes. Yeah, okay, so you're always right and I'm always wrong. Okay, perfect. But more specifically... God, taking a look at those things that we take for granted, giving them up for a while, and telling you how it goes so you don't have to do it. Google us, the Station Wagon Podcast, or at wagonpod.com.